As you tune in this week, hey, guess what, you guys? This podcast will rhyme. That's the surprise. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. As I close out Good Stories' third season, I thought I'd respond to a challenge that one day I got. A friend asked me at lunch if I'd ever consider writing a podcast with an idea that had hit her. She went on to ask, could you write one in rhyme? I paused and she said, you rhyme all the time. She's right, I sure do. I write birthday poems for those who grew up or were raised in my homes. I've written a poem for Dr. Seuss too, though he never heard it. It was just fun to do. Poems popped up in papers I was writing for school, but I thought for a podcast, if majority would rule, they might find it annoying and turn it off quickly, but it sounded like fun and she laid it on thickly. So I said I would try it just once for the thrill, but only once would I do it, so no overkill. Now, for you, my dear listener, if this sounds like a pain, I won't be offended if you choose to abstain from hearing rhymes in a story and verses and such if you think it would tax your sensibilities too much. For the rest of you, though, hang on for the ride and just try your best to put those feelings aside. We'll start with a story, then end with a verse. And the other stuff happening, I'll just intersperse. I like to use time in a way that is wise. I'm guessing that's true for most of you guys. And when something happens that gives me some pause, I tend to go crazy, unless there's probable cause. Why is that, I wonder? It's likely connected to some areas of mine that should be corrected. If I'm running late for whatever comes next, the person who's slow will make me more vexed. That happened this year, in January exactly, and I happen to remember it matter-of-factly. Kenny got a prescription that had to be filled. We were driving right by, so of course I was thrilled. We could work this right into our agenda of stops. The doctor who called it in said it'd be a half hour at tops. We wouldn't need to wait for a confirmation call and could pick up his medicine and not backtrack at all. When we got to the pharmacy, we were first in the line. I was thrilled with the way we were now saving time. But then things got ugly and our progress was slow when the facts of our visit were facts they didn't know. Hmm, I don't have that, we heard through the speaker. Then a new guy was chosen to be the fact seeker. He too came up short, but he did find our name and saw that it matched the prescription the same. He told us to return the next day if we could, and he assured us it'd be done. Indeed, it sure would. The next day, I thought, is this how it's done? Maybe in 745 when pharmacies had begun. You're a 24 seven shop, what the heck are you doing? Deep down I could sense all my angry thoughts brewing. Kenny sensed them as well and said to the guy, Sounds good. I'll come back. See you later. Goodbye. 
The next day we went back. It was Saturday now. We got into the drive-thru and I made a vow. If it's not ready yet, I'm gonna go crazy. We can't keep coming back here. It's not like we're lazy just sitting around home with nothing to do but return time and again to this handy drive-thru. It happened it did when they checked their computer. I'm sure they were wishing for a button to mute her. Her would be me, for I shared my frustration, much to my husband's deep consternation. We've returned over and over and just want to find a prescription that's filled, if you wouldn't mind. Just check to see what's the problem we're facing. These steps are some steps we can't keep retracing. They sensed irritation and understood my pet peeve. She told us she'd help us, then said, you can leave. A few hours later, when it wasn't too handy, we got a text, their modus operandi. Your prescription is ready, it's time to retrieve it. Yeah, when it's in my hand is when I'll believe it. We drove back the third time on this path we knew well, and in two seconds flat, we could already tell. There was a mix-up again, and they didn't have what we needed. So I threw up my white flag, and to them I conceded. I would not get irritated. I would just wait and see. That's what I thought. That isn't me. When the person showed up at the window and said, the prescription's not here, it's at this other store instead. What store, we asked, and she gave the address, then said, why, it's there, I do have a guess. We don't often carry this exact medication. They do, so you'll need to go to their location. We drove off. I asked Kenny for a needed reprieve. You can pick up those meds, I just need to leave. The situation to me just seemed insurmountable. If the prescription's not there, I cannot be accountable. I think your medication just might cause my death. If I don't stay at our house and take a deep breath. Then he got it. It was there. Just like she said, I stayed home and breathed. And of course, I'm not dead. The fact that this errand made me so upset shows me that I have some work to do yet. I'm reminded again, I can be so distracted when any task gets somewhat protracted. I forget that my time frame is not just about me and whatever's before me I don't clearly see. Could this process have gone more smoothly? For sure. And I also could have acted way more mature. I know that the Lord is continuing his work, making me more like him and less of a jerk. Can we open our Bibles now? I'm getting teary. As I read what to do when I'm feeling weary, I'm exhausted some nights when I plop into bed and I say things sometimes like, my brain's feeling dead. And I don't think I'm different than many of you and I don't think my list is more things I must do. We each carry loads at the end of the night. But what if those burdens instead could be light? What if the worries and cares that we carried didn't make us exhausted and feel sad and harried? What if our narratives we found we've misread and we could have peace and comfort instead? We can. It's been promised and offered to us. We're promised relief when we're feeling thus. Jesus tells of a plan that he says is the best. He says, come to me 
and I'll promise you rest. He promises rest? Can that possibly be true? Does he know what has happened to me and to you? Did he hear the doctor or get laid off at work? Did he hear the words that were said by that jerk? He promises rest. How can that be? There's no way that that promise can be meant for me. And Jesus spoke on like he knew we'd have doubt. He knew of the curve we'd be learning about. Take my yoke on you. Learn from me instead. What was he meaning when that's what he said? A yoke? Is it yellow? Does he speak of eggs now? It's not spelled that way. He speaks of the plow. He explains all the benefits and all the effects of that wooden cross piece that is fastened on necks of two beasts that would pull a big burden behind and share in the load as they're so aligned. Now picture if you can. It's you and it's God. And one of you is perfect and the other is flawed. And one of you knows just where you should plow it, and the other one asks, what? Here? Now? And one of you's weak, and the other is strong, and the best of you two has known this all along. The strong one could say, wait, this is not fair, but he is the one who said, we'll be a pair. So here's the deal. Do we pair up and plow? Or do we dig all alone and say, I'm fine for now? One choice comes with burdens and wearisome toil. The other glides easily through rich, fertile soil. Each day you wake up at dawn and you yawn, your soul will find rest when you rest upon these truths that he teaches that will never fail. And your cares and concerns will all seem to pale. There's no exceptions to this. There's none whatsoever, no matter the difficulty of your endeavor. It could be financial or else health-related. You might be feeling like you're underrated. Perhaps you're exhausted from caring for others and the burdens you carry come from another. Whatever your deal is, whatever your task, Jesus can carry it. You just need to ask. But can he? Asked someone of me just last week. How? I can't see him. That's just churchy speak. In fairness, that's not exactly the word that was used. But because I'm still rhyming, may I please be excused? The gist of the question was, how does he do it? It just seems to me that God kind of blew it. My life is too hard. I've burned the both ends of the candle. There's too much to cope with that I just cannot handle. That's it. That's the truth. And God invites us each one to rely on his strength. That's a gift from his son. Each morning we wake up and look at the day. We pause and we breathe. And then we can say, whatever we do and wherever you lead, can you please provide us with all that we'll need? We won't run before you. We won't lag behind. We'll trust in your leading and know that we'll find strength for our journey and joy in our going as we rest in the thought that our God is all-knowing. He sees all our struggles and all of our pain. He knows when we're tempted to whine and complain. I get it. I do. As I teach and I tell, you need to know that I'm learning as well. As I bathe my dear mom, yet I don't hear my name, as I hear her say words that are sounding the same as the ones that she said only moments ago, 
I'm sad, yet I realize I don't need to know how this will progress because there's not one who can tell the path of this journey, this extended farewell. But my God knows, he does, and he knows your life too. He sees all the things you find hard to do, and he loves you, he does. He loves you so greatly and made you so you could feel deeply, innately, his draw and desire in the midst of your strife to trust him who said he's the way, truth, and life. Would you trust him today and not just in theory? Would you give him the stuff that makes you feel weary and receive joy from him as he makes you whole and gives you the peace that you crave in your soul? I want you to do that. I want that for me. I so want us to trust him and so want us to see that if someone's forgotten to fill our prescription or we, if we keep on hearing the same old description, or if there's unknown and we can't chart our way, I want us, each one, to collectively say, when our alarm rings and we'd much rather snooze it, and when life is not always the way that we'd choose it, when others move slowly and we'd rather hurry, and when we get news that makes us all worry, let's bring all this stuff to our God who can bear it and rest in his plan and choose not to compare it to their plan or her plan or another one's for us. Let's instead join our voices in one grateful chorus that praises our Lord and trusts in his ways. I know if we do, we'll see better days. Not perfect, not always the ones that we choose, but certainly ones where we know will be used. Well, that's a wrap. This concludes season three. I want to thank each one who's spoken to me. You've stopped me at coffee shops, parks, in the mall, at churches and camps, in that one bathroom stall. I'm taking a break now for three weeks, but not more. Three weeks, but not six, and also not four. We're rebroadcasting podcasts from three seasons prior, then I'll return shortly. At least that's my desire. To you families who've told me you listen as one, I'm happy to hear it and glad you have fun. To the youth group kids who've told me you listen each week, I imagine you often each time that I speak. What I like to hear best is how God's word has touched you and you've started to see him in more stuff that you do. God's good, we can trust him. His words are worth teaching. His love and his grace and his hope are far reaching. He is the one that is always worth knowing. Let's share that with others wherever we're going.